The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ in our new series, Identity Theft. We'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. This is part B. So here's what we have draping from the tree of knowledge. A push for certification in education. Now there's nothing wrong with getting a little award certificate to acknowledge that you're stepping through certain levels. My piano lessons, I'm certainly learning that. This is not the kind of certification we're talking about. This kind of certification says that you have studied and memorized and replicated your teachers and you have done due diligence at completing what the certification people have put in place for you to receive a certificate in that field of study. Form a worldview through self-thought. That's a huge one draping on the tree because there seems to be some kind of power in someone saying I'm an atheist. There's a certain arrogance and pride in these people who say, well, I'm an atheist. Now, I've heard that many times in 60 plus years of my life. And I'm here to tell you, and you probably could say the same experience, that when you've heard someone say to you, well, I am an atheist, and I am not afraid at this point in my life to say, and you're a liar. There's no such thing as an atheist, because they're saying that there is no God with a little g, not just big g. A true definition of atheist would mean that there is no existence of any God. And they would say, that's what I'm saying. And then I go on to prove to them what I showed you tonight about the five demonic doctrines. They are their own God. And the reason why you have come to your conclusion of saying you're an atheist is so that you could have self-right to say you are the one that decides if there is a God in the universe. And how does that make your pea brain be able to say there is no God in the universe? When did you become so magnificent that you could look through the universe and say there is no God out there? Really? Really, one breath man? How did you come to this? Who made you higher than even other people in the world that you can come to this conclusion? You are, my dear friend, suffering from deception. 
The next one is using sports to develop a competitive spirit. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but sports is not only huge in the world today, it is a god. We can fill arenas with a a little brown piece of leather a whole lot quicker than we can fill an arena to have Paul stand in the center and tell them they're all sinners. And they're going to hell and they cannot go past go or collect their 200 bucks. You see, something's wrong with this picture. When we idolize sport figures and then there's this this very meek and humble guy standing in front of the tree of life who happens to hold in his existence all eternal power and an identity. And then we look upon this, this player in this arena as some kind of God that gathers hundreds, if not millions of people around that piece of leather. But yet over here we have Paul saying, am I your enemy because I tell you the truth? Something's very wrong with our world and it comes from this tree of knowledge. Promoting degrees of knowledge. You guys already know because we've gone through that series that degrees in education come from the Masons, the early Masons in Europe. And then it was Thomas Jefferson that put these degrees into a public school model. A plus, A, A minus, B plus, B, B minus. Of course, I'm not mentioning the bad ones. We don't do that anymore. Then in the the colleges, we had degrees in all the sciences. And then masters, and then doctorate, then doctorate fellow. And it keeps on going. I'm not sure how far we get to go, but one day, surely one of us are going to wake up and say I'm no smarter than when I started because I still have the same questions about God as when I did when I started. God will never answer your questions about himself. Never. Look in the scriptures. Moses asked asked him directly, and God indirectly answered him. And that is God's style, because he's saving the answer to your question through the indwelling. If you get the answers to all your questions about the Theo, you'll never want him. There's great intimacy in the search of intimacy. Don't ever forget that. It's also where lust is born. Also emphasizing the sciences of man and beast. Pretty much already covered that. Forming an evolutional ideology and thought. So now we're looking at the possibility, from what I understand, there's a new movement called evolutional creationism. Really? What's that, Darwin on steroids with a cross burned on his chest? I'm not sure what you're saying. What is this? 
Are we Christianizing our humanist? Or is it because our humanists had one of these conversions that Paul's talking about, and they happened to be so smart that they turned around and looked at Paul and said, you're my enemy. Did they start out good and go back to human thought? I don't know. I just know there is this heavy, heavy emphasis on evolutional thought. And I bump into people all the time, and I'm sure you do too, is whereas they don't quite say, I'm a creationist, I kind of think that maybe one day and, you know, mentioned in the Bible might be a million years. Well, is God the idiot here, or are you? What are you saying? That one day is a million years now because you're trying to change God's statements to match your, your stupidity of, of evolution because of some Darwin guy that believes we walked around like little fish at one time when it's already been proven that that's not true, but yet you're still hanging on to the stupidity of his reason. That's illogical. But they can't submit the truth. And that's what Paul was saying. Something has happened to their minds. He's lost them. Hopefully many of them repented after Paul wrote that letter. Another one is pushing to win in all things. Why do we always have to be first? Why do we spend billions of dollars in the world every single week on things that make us win. Tennis shoes, college degrees, mastering whatever so that you can say, I win. What? So Christ can come along and say to you, Mr. or Mrs. Ignorant, that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So you can spend 75 years of your life pursuing to be in first place and you're going to get yanked to the back of the line. That's a promise from God. So why are you going to spend all this money, time and effort to be in first place when God's going to pick you up out of the line and walk you over and put you at the back of the line and say, now stay there. Oh, and you at the back of the line... Come on up here. Take his place. But I, I don't have any knowledge and education. Front and center, right here. The mentally challenged ones are going to be the front of that line. The brokenhearted and humble in spirit are going to be at the front of that line because they have no ability to strive to win. They're always putting someone in front of the line. Oh, can I cut in line? Yeah, sure, sure. Another one cuts in line, another one cuts in line, another one cuts in line, until the mentally challenged one is in the back of the line because they're so giving and sweet. Those are the ones that are going to get put in first place, and they will not be mentally challenged in heaven. We have a wake-up call coming our way when it comes to this tree of knowledge crap. The less you know, the more you're going to know of God from within. The more you know about God, the less you'll know who God is from within. That's how it works.
When Jesus said that you, you can't even get saved unless you become as... This is after they were rebuking Jesus for spending time with these children because they had a very busy schedule. And, you know, Peter was probably looking at, at the schedule of Jesus going, we're never going to make it to, to Galatia on time. Just not going to make it. You see, man's ideologies are trying to put Jesus in a box. Nail it down and never let him out of it again. There is no God. The next one is gaining knowledge through books. Only 30 years ago, there were more secular books on the market than Christian. That is not the case today. Same with music. Christians are winning hands down on the numeric increase of books that are written about God. Don't tell me that the enemy has not done a refined job at this one, writing books about God. You can find books out there from everything on the sexuality of Jesus all the way to the conservative values of truly who God is. But all of them are trying to interpret what God means by what God says. And that's dangerous. It's better just to quote him and leave it as is. Next one is cut and pasting knowledge for self-beliefs. That doesn't mean you're going to ignore the Bible or hate the Bible. Contrary, if the majority of the books that are in print in 2017 are hanging off this tree, that's a lot of choices. You can learn about the millennial Jesus. You can learn about the Jesus you are. You can learn about all forms, kinds of God, gods there are off of this tree. And Satan has put them there. Just picture, as I said before, that this tree is kind of like these things hanging as ornaments on a tree. You see, Satan doesn't bring out his ornaments every year. He is consistently adding ornaments to his tree all year long, and he never stops. And this tree is filled with beautiful, lustful, gorgeous, attractive Ornaments that draw you to the tree. Whatever your thing is, are you into the millennial Jesus? We have one for you, Ginger. Come on over. And you know, you get lured over to the tree, not forced. And you know, the leader, whoever led you over there, Satanist, and they just say, look, which one do you like? Which ornament do you like? You can take it home with you. Free. And then the next one, and the next one. Oh, you, you like race cars? Come here, Jimmy. I got one for you. Look. Look at this one. He'll use absolutely any ornament he can to attract you to the tree, so you pick it. Satan has no power to control your will. 
He has to tempt it. And yes, many indwelt believers are continuing to eat from this tree even though they're truly saved. Sad story. Sorry, Paul. Next one is earning the right to be heard through knowledge. That's that triple D I was telling you about earlier. Three doctorates. The right to say what he has to say to me and how wrong I am because I am not of the knowledge or level of knowledge that he has. I could blow his socks off if I had ten minutes with him. Because of Christ, not me. But see, that's too risky of them losing control of their elitism. Finally, the cause and effect, putting life's puzzle together by humanism, logic, self-actualization, religious thought, and independent thinking. Cause and effect. But wait, there's a little more before we quit. Here's the tree of life. The list is going to sound very different. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. It can literally divide the soul from the spirit. The joint from the marrow. That's this stuff right here. The, The literal spoken word can divide my joint from its marrow. It can judge every thought Knowledge and intention of the heart. Well, it's just craziness. That's illogical. And that lives in me. It's not what I study. The Word of God came to dwell among us so we could behold His glory. And then He set it up in such a way to say, I can literally come inside you and live and think. Are you up for that one? Oh, but by the way, you'll have to deny yourself first. Pick up your cross and come with me. Because the only way you're going to get what I just said you can have is by dying. Romans 6.6, Galatians 2.20 For I have been crucified with him. Well, nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. But the life that I have, I live by the faith of the Son of God who lives in me. Now, that's the secret. And if you don't want that, you don't want to die, hey, go find life at that ornament tree over there. You probably got something just for you. And they go. They turn down Jesus who is saying he's everything and they go after an ornament that looks like a little race car. (laughs) That's illogical! But it's perfectly logical to them. Here's our list. Discovering the knowledge of the holy. That's a good thing. Viewing the world through Christ's mind. Whoa, uh, that's great. 
Christ is life worldview. Next one is engaging in sports for fun and health. It's not that football's bad or or badminton or tennis or anything else. It's if you have to win. I love watching fathers play games with their kids. And when I watch a father who is consistently setting their child up to win the game, I know they got it. But if this father has to win all the time, even over their children, what kind of dad is that? You see, then you have to turn around and train that child how they can play games to make sure they lose. It kind of gets catchy, doesn't it? You want me to lose when I play this game with my brother? Yes. And let me show you how to lose just to enjoy the game. So then they do it. And then that brother shows his brother. He said, well, what's the fun of playing table games anymore? Because everyone's trying to get the other one to win. Now there's competition and losing. (laughs) And that's a good thing. That's what Jesus was saying. You want to push for something, push for death. You want to push for something, push for I hate yourself. You want to push for something, push for last place. Because every time someone wants to cut in, you go, yes. It's keeping you in the back of the line. Yes. Yes. Because in the end, hate to use this term, but Paul used it too, you're the winner. And the winners are the losers. So we need to lose. That's a key thing that needs to be taught to children. It's how to lose. Well, our whole educational tree of knowledge thing is set up opposite of that. Next one is focusing on the thoughts of God, not your own thoughts. Embracing creationism as God is the creator. Next one is refuting man and beast view of original thought because Christ through his Father is the original thought. Working to place oneself in last place. Gaining true knowledge through the mind of Christ being revealed in your mind. Believing and quoting the absolute of God's word or the absolute God. Then depending on Jesus Christ and his rights to be heard, not yours. Finally, cause and effect is emphasizing the cause, release of the life of Christ in the indwelt. Then believing in the effect or manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the born again. So here's problem and solution by and through the word of God. Job 21, 14 says, They say to God, depart from us. We do not even desire the knowledge of your ways. Pretty relevant for today, isn't it? Even though Job was the very first book written in the entire Bible. It's been a problem since the tree. Proverbs 3, 6 says, And all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. That means you need to be absolutely dependent on anything and everything in life. 
with God. God, do I get the Heath bar or do I get the Zero bar? Two of my favorite candy bars. And of course, I, I always lean toward the Heath bar. Now, does God care which you have the Heath bar or the Zero bar or if you go to a bar? No. It's not the bar that has the sin. It's not the zero bar that has the sin. It's not the Heath bar that has the sin, even if you're anti-sugar. God gave life to us to enjoy and appreciate. It's what we do with it. And if we become attached to it. If I have to have a Heath bar in the morning and a zero bar in the afternoon, I have a problem. You don't have to write that down, honey. <laughs> Particularly when it comes to Christmas and fried chicken. Chocolate in the morning, peanut butter in the afternoon. And finally, Isaiah 55, 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. I would like to see some of the NBC, no, NBA, son, which is basketball, NBA? Okay. I have a couple NBA friends. They're very tall guys. Very, very, very tall guys. I'd like to see you reach, to be able to reach God's ways. The most intellectual person, and I know a lot of really smart people. I really do. I dialogue with them. They're attracted to responding to the podcast for some reason. I love it. They are really my favorite people to dialogue with because the ending place is stupidity. (laughs) And when they can admit to that, then they'll receive the mind of Christ. But, you know, even the smartest Man, woman, you can think of. They can reach as high as they want in 50, 60, 70 years of studying the Theo and they're not even going to get close to reaching God's thoughts. And here he says this, and I'll close with this. I'm going to give you this as a gift. I'm going to give you my higher ways I'm going to give you my higher thoughts. I'm going to give you my life. But I'm only giving that to my son because he is to inherit because he's my firstborn and my onlyborn. And if you want this, then you have to come talk to him. Knock on that door and say, I am a wretched arrogant, unfaithful, slave to sin. And I need to be saved. I need the Holy Spirit's indwelling. I want your mind, Jesus, inside this frail mind. And of Jesus, as he has done in the past with other smart people, and if Jesus said to you, but you wrote seven volumes on proving that we didn't exist. 
What about that? You see, if he did that, he would only want to know if the person is willing to repent of their striving to know God, his Father. And if they are willing to repent of all of their works, they'll get the works of Jesus. And they'll be filled up and possessed by the Holy Spirit and the promise of Jesus placing his mind inside you. Get this. That is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power and representative of the mind of Christ. Jesus doesn't crawl inside your skin when you get saved. It's the Holy Spirit who has the mind of Christ, has all the thoughts of Christ. That is a beautiful, wonderful gift. Our conclusion is in Psalms 103, verses 4 through 22, if you want to write those down. But that is also where we're going to pick up next week. I really deeply appreciate those of you who are listening to this podcast series. I love doing it, if you haven't guessed. And I certainly love hearing from some of our listeners. And I'm very excited to see how the Holy Spirit is using this in people's lives who have been bound up by their own ideas of the Theo instead of releasing the great Theo from within. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.